This is the Root Student Ministry Podcast, where our mission is for middle school and high school students to establish strong roots in their relationship with Jesus by connecting in the body of believers, growing in their knowledge and faith, and going to serve the community and the world. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram at csmroots. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this message. Hey, welcome everyone. We are in the third and final week of our Afterlife series. This series is all about the resurrection of Christ and how that specifically affects us 2,000 plus years later. So let me start with this question. How many of you have a sibling? Yeah, I can see all your hands across the screen there. And for those of you who don't, let me explain some basic sibling dynamics. One of the best parts of having a brother or sister is that you can blame them for stuff. You can point at them when when something breaks in the kitchen. You can shovel off your green beans on their plate so that you can get dessert. Brothers and sisters are why phrases like, they did it first, or it wasn't my fault, were invented. So even if you don't have a sibling, you probably had someone in your childhood who put the blame on you for something they did a cousin, a classmate, or a friend. Or maybe you had someone you blamed for your mess ups. Our impulses as kids don't really change as adults. We remain pretty skilled at avoiding responsibility and putting the blame on someone else. Seriously, it's still a temptation for me. So let me ask you a question. Do you remember the last time you felt guilty? Maybe you copied a little too much of your friend's homework. Or maybe you didn't tell your girlfriend the whole story of what happened at that party. Or maybe you lingered a little too long on that website. Or maybe you told your stepmom that you were going one place and you did, but with a different crowd than you told her would be there. Or you went there at first, but then you took off to another place immediately after. Or maybe you said that you were studying the whole time, but you really were just binging a new show with your textbook open. There are all sorts of things to feel guilty about. And no matter how old we get, it seems like our reaction is a lot like a five-year-old. We hide, we stretch the truth, we make up excuses, or try to cover it up altogether. So when we feel guilty, we get really good at hiding. And we have all sorts of hiding tricks. We avoid our pastor or our life group leader or the coaches in our lives. We try to not make eye contact with our teacher or we ghost our friends. We play it cool around the people in charge. We may even turn off our location services or hide our location. We do everything we can to act as though nothing happened even though on the inside, we know what we did was wrong and it's eating us up. And this isn't just what we do with with other people. If we believe in God, chances are good that our guilt causes us to hide from him too. We know God knows what we did is wrong, so we back away from our relationship with him. It's easy to hide something that we did from the people around us, but it's much more complicated to hide from God. We can't actually run away from him, so we just start to make him less and less a part of our lives. Maybe you still go to life group, 
But when the conversation gets real, you don't speak up anymore. Maybe you still show up to church, but you're not really feeling it in the worship anymore. And you don't even know if you want to. Maybe you tell everyone that you have too much going on with school and sports, but really you just don't want to participate in this faith stuff anymore. No matter what it looks like for you, we all tend to let our guilt get in the way of our faith. Thankfully, we're not the first people to have these kind of experiences. The Bible has plenty of experiences that we can learn from. We're going to talk about one of them today. For the last few weeks, we've been in a series called Afterlife, and we've looked at people who physically saw Jesus after the resurrection. See, when you see a friend who died now walking around alive, it changes you. For many people, their lives were radically different after they saw a resurrected Jesus. Their life after or their afterlife was dramatically changed. And that includes a guy named Peter. Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends and a key leader during the early church of the Christian movement. But Peter had some run-ins with guilt and shame like sometimes we do. Peter was known as being Jesus' loud friend. And we all have them, or maybe you are the loud friend. And this got Peter in trouble from time to time. And the worst example of this happened when Jesus was sentenced to die on a cross. So when Jesus was arrested, Peter literally cut off a guy's ear and defended Jesus. And it's not a recommended strategy to prove your loyalty to a friend, but hey, at least he was there for Jesus, right? But then just hours later, when Jesus was given a sketchy, bogus trial, Peter stood nearby and lied three separate times about his connection to Jesus. He denied even knowing the guy. Even worse, before any of this happened, Jesus told Peter that he would do exactly that, that he would deny being connected to Jesus. And Jesus basically told Peter, I've experienced your loyalty so far, but when it comes down to the end, you won't be the lo that loyal to me. Peter defends himself, assuring Jesus that he would never do that. And then at Jesus' lowest moment, that's exactly what Peter did. Jesus was arrested, tried, and nailed to a Roman cross. And the last thing Peter did was deny even knowing Jesus. I mean, I almost feel guilty for him. What a brutal end to his story, right? But like we've talked about in the series, Jesus' death wasn't the end of the story. The resurrection happens. The tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. And the whole direction of the story changes, which is awesome, unless you're Peter. He probably had some mixed feelings. He probably thought, I'm so glad Jesus is back. But does that mean I have to face him after what I did to him? To Peter, it's possible that the resurrection was a reminder of the guilt that he felt. And if he felt guilt, I sometimes wonder if he ran through all of the same phases of guilt that we do. I wonder if he wanted to lie or to exaggerate or to defend himself or even just hide from Jesus altogether. 
So a few days later, Jesus was on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and Peter was on the boat with the other disciples and they saw Jesus and they went to the shore and Jesus, he made breakfast and he brought up the thing that no doubt was weighing on Peter's mind. And this is John 21, verse 15 through 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the, the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Peter denied knowing Jesus three times. And Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Three times. In other words, for every time that Peter denied knowing Jesus, Jesus gives Peter another chance. And in giving him a chance, Peter knows he is loved and forgiven. Jesus knows Peter, Jesus wants Peter to know that he has a second chance. He even tells Peter that he wants him to continue to lead, which is why he said, feed my sheep. This exchange is so interesting. Jesus asked Peter if he still loves him. As humiliating and terrible as it was for Peter to deny Jesus, here was a chance to make it right. Even though Peter may have given up on himself, Jesus hadn't given up on him. Peter could have given into his guilt and gone into hiding, but that isn't what Jesus wanted for Peter. Jesus didn't want Peter's life to be defined by guilt. He wanted Peter to experience grace. Peter knew Jesus had been killed and he saw Jesus after he came back to life. And this proved to Peter that Jesus was capable of offering him the grace that he needed to forgive himself. The resurrection showed Peter the power Jesus had and Peter's encounter with Jesus on the beach showed that Jesus chose to offer him powerful grace. The resurrection proved that, that guilt didn't have to destroy Peter's faith. Instead, grace could destroy the guilt and fuel his faith. Because of grace, Peter was no longer controlled by his guilt. Because of grace, Peter accepted the love Jesus offered him. Because of grace, Peter traveled around the world preaching about the same grace that changed his life. So think of it this way. Because of the resurrection, Peter knew he was forgiven. And I don't know what's been causing you to feel guilt. But chances are that the entire time that I've been talking about this topic, you've had something on your mind. If you're ready for something new, I want to give you a couple of steps that you can start taking now. So number one, get real about where you feel guilt. This can be really tough, especially if you've hidden something so deep that you feel numb to it. But think about where you feel that lingering guilt right now. Be honest with yourself about it. Acknowledge it. Journal about it or even put it down in a note on your phone. Just get 
honest. Number two, remember that guilt is no match for God's grace. Ask God to remind you that he is with you and for you. And even on those days, ask him to cover your guilt with the overwhelming reality of his grace. Listen, the resurrection matters for a lot of reasons. It shows us how big God's love is, what exactly God is like, and how God is more powerful than anything, including death. But the resurrection also shows us that Jesus is bigger than our guilt. And if Jesus gives us grace, it's ours for the taking. So when you feel those old guilt feelings kick in, ask God to give you a new reaction. And number three, keep showing up and speaking up. Do the opposite of what guilt may have guided you to do in the past. Instead of hiding, show up in your life's group text thread. Show up at church gatherings. Show up to hang out with your friends. Show up to meet with your life group leaders. After the resurrection, Peter didn't hide from Jesus. It would have been easier to, but he didn't do it. And like Peter, let's keep showing up. The resurrection proved that our guilt is no match for God's grace. We don't have to let guilt change our faith anymore. Instead, we get to let grace change our guilt. We know that talking about God's grace is one thing, but experiencing it is something else entirely. And that's why we have life groups. We want you to have a safe place to fight for that grace when your guilt feels just too heavy. A life group is the safest place for you to discover this alongside of your friends and life group leaders. Your life group leaders have gone through training on how to handle some pretty tough situations. And they have people that they can get real with about their guilt as well. They have encountered grace and they will pass that same grace on to you. Why? Because that's what the resurrection of Jesus demonstrated in Peter's life. And that's why Peter's afterlife was so powerful while he was still alive on this earth. Because of the resurrection, Peter realized that grace is greater than his guilt. And because of the resurrection, you can realize that as well. So let me pray. Father, I just pray that if any of us are sitting in, in, in that guilt and feeling just that shame that stops them from actually moving forward in their life, God, I pray that they can give that up to you and realize that you, you died and you resurrected so that we could have that freedom of our souls in you, that we don't have to live with that guilt anymore. So God, I pray that if that's weighing on us right now, that you can just start to lift that weight off right now, knowing that we are set free in you. You are so good to us, Jesus, and we love you. We thank you for your resurrection, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.